We are live. Uh, yes, I know this isn't Wednesday. We're a day early, but uh, I've got to be gone. i got to actually leave tomorrow, head up uh, into Missouri, and uh, be up there for some veterans events going on this weekend. I'll be speaking at uh, Lake City Ammunitions Plant in Kansas City Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, come back down to the Lodge of Hope with Peterson Outdoor Ministries on uh, Saturday afternoon, and I'll preach the Sunday morning service for our military chaplain's turkey hunt that's going on there at the lodge at the same time. So I'm going to get a head start and get up there tomorrow, get a portion of the way up, spend some time with some friends uh, there at the Dockery's in Jasper. And uh, looking forward to that. And anyway, just wanted to jump in here and get this out of our way this week. This is our Wednesday night uh, on Tuesday night. So you're a day ahead of things. Imagine that. Um, and then I'll figure out what I'm going to do Sunday when I get back. It'll probably be late Sunday night when I get in. So I may not bring a Sunday message. Um, I may recap my event or something uh, on Monday. So one way or another, I'll try to get a recording out um, at the end of the weekend of the first of next week and kind of get back on schedule for a few things, at least for the moment. Uh, we're praying for hail tonight. So hopefully my schedule is not going to be back to normal till sometime this fall. So <laughs> we're, we're needing to go to work desperately bad. So we're, uh, we are certainly praying for some hail, uh, certainly praying that um, we can get things going that we need to get going for, for our livelihood. So with that in mind, I want to jump into tonight's message, and uh, this is Pray the Big Things. This is session four. So Pray the Big Things, session four. Uh, the subtitle for tonight is Take Action. Take Action. So the Bible commands us to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and to make no provision for the flesh. So we're to put on Christ, but we're to be dead to our flesh. So we're, we're to be as Jesus Christ. Romans thirteen fourteen says, Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. So clothe ourselves in the presence of the Lord, and don't even let yourself think about ways to indulge in evil desires. So, so don't even think about evil things. Second Corinthians, and let me back up here and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Now, there, you know, we've talked about taking thoughts captive. It's one of my favorite passages, uh, little storylines that I use. Is I use a, I use a, um, uh, an old Hillsong song, "Darling, Check That Jesus Lover My Soul." You know, when you get thoughts in your mind that are going south and not going the right direction, how do you capture that thought? The best thing is to replace it with something else. It's either memorize scripture or uh, like I said, a memorized worship tune that you can get spinning in your head. And the next thing you know, you're thinking about the worship tune or the memorized scripture, and you're no longer thinking about the things that you shouldn't be doing or thinking about. Thus, you've taken those thoughts captive and you've subjected them to Jesus Christ. Awesome deal. Second Corinthians 10.5, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. Again, taking those thoughts captive. He tells us to take control of our thoughts because we are, in fact, able to do so. God wouldn't give us this instruction if we weren't able or capable of taking our very thoughts captive. Expressing our feelings is an important part of healing, but we cannot get stuck in our emotions. This is hard to do. This, this is hard teaching, actually. Um, expressing our feelings is an important part of, of our healing process. So, so to express the fact that we've been hurt, to express the fact that somebody's wronged us, to, 
to have an expression of, of, of grief, to have an expression of, of loss. Those are all normal and natural things, but we shouldn't get hung up um, and, and get stuck in those emotions. And I'm not saying, don't, don't, please don't take me wrong here. I'm not saying I'll just get over it because that's, there's more to um, emotional wounds than meet the eye. So it's not just a matter of getting over it. But to wallow in our self-pity is a different thing. Um, dealing with emotion and dealing with loss, dealing with trauma, dealing with, you know, as we deal with and as we process through, basically what he's telling us here is don't get stuck in those things and don't use them as an excuse so that you get somebody, you know, pitying you. That That's not a correct motion. You know, healing comes from the Lord, not from other people. So, so if you want to express your emotions to God at any moment in any given time, we do frequently, man, have at it because that's what he's calling us to do here. But don't, don't, um, don't get stuck in our emotions. Feeling cannot replace thinking. Feeling cannot replace thinking. We have no choice in our feelings, but we have great choice in our thoughts. So, so blend that all together there. Don't, you know, expressing our feelings is important. So it's an important part of healing, but we can't get stuck in our emotions. Feelings cannot replace our thoughts and our thinking. We have no choice in our feelings. Um, sometimes we can't control the feelings that come, but we do have choice in our thoughts and how we're going to handle things. During my years um, of, of work, I, you know, you, you hear different things and, um, research, brain function, intrusive thoughts. Um, I, I've been involved in a lot of critical incident stress training. Uh, I, I've dealt diligently in that field of, of learning how to handle critical incident stress, handling trauma, um, how to respond and react to trauma, um, you know, how, to, how to bring about a sense of healing after a traumatic event, how to normalize those feelings, if you will. Not, a, not an easy task at times, is for certain. Um, but 95% of, of humans actually have control over their thoughts. There is a percentage where your thoughts are simply out of control. Um, but, but most of us have a form of control and can gain control of our thought patterns. Um, I've been complaining to Rhonda lately at night because I'm not sleeping very well. And man, my mind's all over the place. And at times I wake up into like this semi-consciousness. I know I'm dreaming. I know this dream is stupid. I, I, and, I, and I know I'm dreaming a stupid dream. And I know it's not real. It's a dream. But I can't seem to get awake enough to get out of it. But yet in my mind, I'm arguing with myself going, dude, shut up. It's just, a dream. it's stupid. This is not even real. So I, there, <laughs> and then I wind up battling myself all night long in those things. So, so it, 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 you know, our, our thoughts at times um, may seem out of control, but 95% of us, 95% of humans, actually can control our thoughts. Let's say the remaining 5% are spiritual warfare or automatic responses from trauma or triggers. When you deal with crisis, uh, training, um, PTSD, all of those things, there, there's trauma and there's triggers to trauma. Uh, there's certain things that will trigger traumatic events or, or bring them back to your mind or, or, or refresh them in your memory or take you back to that moment, if you will. So let's, let's say that the remaining 
of our thoughts that we can't control are our spiritual warfare or automatic responses from trauma or triggers. The theology and psychology are clear. We have a choice in the majority of what we believe about our situation, about others, and about God. We have a choice of how we believe about those things. The issue of suffering comes into play when we want to ask God for big prayers. But pain and suffering on both a personal and global level have a way of stopping us before we even begin. So so, so maybe we have these issues of suffering that, and, and these, these things come into play when we want to pray big prayers, when we want to pray um, intentional prayers, when we want to become intentional. But all of a sudden, all of these things that have struggled with in the past or, or, or maybe whatever's going on around us at the moment stop us before we even begin to, to really become intentional. Even Jesus, the Son of God, cried out on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Matthew 27, 46 is where that's found. This makes questioning God's presence seem almost faded for those closest to him. I mean, if if Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Well, I'm pretty sure he's closer to God than I am. So does that mean that I, I, I can't get close to him? After all, as children of God, we, we've tasted his goodness, have we not? Well, we, and we can. We, this, this makes question God's presence. Um, I mean, we really shouldn't. <laughs> we really shouldn't question his presence. We're, we're children of God. We've tasted of his goodness. We know his power. We have a relationship with him. And so perhaps it, that we're more likely to feel his perceived absence than those who do not. Do you ever find yourself in a, a dry place? A desert moment, maybe in the wilderness where it kind of seems like God left you? We didn't leave you. He's still watching you. But he's he's leaning and letting you move according to what he's already given you. You've got to trust him, even when you can't see him, even when you can't feel him. Nothing seemed good about Jesus dying on the cross. I mean, can you imagine his followers that were with him, his family that were there? His, his closest disciples. Now, he had been telling them all these things, but you watch someone die a brutal death on a cross. I mean, what are you going to do about that? I mean, you're going to just simply go away sad because there's nothing good from coming from that. The disciples were terrified. The, 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 the cause of Christ was halted. And Jesus was dead. But that was the perspective of Friday. On Sunday morning, when Jesus rose from the dead, people finally understood that all the things that had happened for a reason, Jesus defeated death so that we could have eternal life. What a a turnaround from Friday to Sunday. What an incredible uh, revelation on Sunday morning. What, what What an intense time. You go from this... We just watched our best friend die and couldn't do anything about it. We, we watched him put in a tomb, and, and now all of a sudden he's back with us. Believe it or not, just like he said he was going to be, we just didn't buy in completely. God did not answer Jesus' prayers before the cross to remove this cup from me. Luke chapter twenty-two forty-two. Man, I love that piece of scripture because it literally places Jesus' 
at the most human of any of his nature. Any of the times throughout the Bible, that moment pictures him more like us than any one other time. And it's and it's he's he's literally crying to the point where he's so intense that the Bible says he sweat droplets of blood. There is a medical terminology that that is very possible that the the capillaries break and you can literally sweat what appears to be blood. So the Bible describes that in him. There was such an intensity to his crying out to God. He knew what was coming, right? So so he prays, Lord, if this cup can but pass from me. Very human. God, I don't want to do this. I've seen the other side of this thing. I don't want to do it. If, if there's any other way possible. But he follows that with, but not my will, but yours be done. Man, that's powerful. But Jesus learned obedience from the things which he endured. He, he learned obedience. Jesus himself learned obedience to the things he endured. Hebrews 5.8, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things that he suffered. It's pretty plain. Even though he was God's son, he still learned obedience through his suffering. Running to God instead of away from God in the midst of suffering is not a natural response. Because, see, I think a lot of times we want to blame God. We don't have anybody else to blame. We're not going to blame ourselves. So we blame God. We look for a scapegoat. So so if we're suffering, well, God must have forgot about us. He's not even answering our prayers. He, he's, not, he's not answering the phone for us anymore. He's just left us out here to die. I mean, you, you get my drift here? That... that, that, that Running from God instead of a running instead away from God in the midst of suffering instead of to Him, that, that's a natural response for the human flesh. It is the supernatural response that God equips His children with as we stare grief, uncertainty, fear, and sometimes Satan himself in the face. Confess what is keeping you from trusting God with your dreams. That's a big prayer. Lord, I confess the things. That, that are keeping me from trusting you with my dreams. I've seen, I've, I've seen the lion's face. But remember that message I preached a while back? The lion inside of you is greater than the lion chasing you. Satan's a poser. He, he's a fake. He, he goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He, he's working on the fear factor with you. He's pushing this fear factor. He, he wants you afraid. He wants you running away from God in the midst of your suffering instead of to God who can solve your suffering. Even if God doesn't solve your suffering, he can still protect you in the midst of it. He can still care for you. He can still put people around you that will pray for you and love on you no matter what it is you're dealing with, even when you don't understand it. God can still put people in your path that are there to help you, to to. to lean on to to just simply support you they might not have the answers either although you know a lot of people like to think they do it, it's a trust of god not mankind but confess what's keeping you from trusting god with your dreams ask him for wisdom and faith to rest with the way he chooses to answer ask him for wisdom and faith to rest with the way he chooses to answer Man, that, that's huge. Again, asking him for wisdom and for the faith to be still while he chooses how to answer. 
His time, His way, past our understanding. James 1.5 says this, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. God's not going to get mad at you for asking for wisdom. God's not going to get mad at you for asking for 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 understanding. For He, we can ask anything of Him. Again, we might not get the answer we're looking for in the time frame that we're looking for it, but it's not wrong to ask. Always ask. James three one or three seventeen says this, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. Wow, that's huge. Philippians 4.8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. That that's that's worthy of a notepad stuck to the front of the refrigerator, your bathroom mirror, your front door, wherever you may need to put it. But think about that. Philippians four eight. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing: fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, and what is pure, what is lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. When we fix our mind on things like that, the things that are going on in this world will become less because it puts us in a heavenly mindset. It, it, it gets our head above the clouds. It, it gets our thoughts above the clouds. It, it quits allowing the rain of, of Satan's dreariness to, to numb our minds. Get our minds set on things above. I tell people all the time, fix your eyes on things above. Get your eyes set on things above. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. He's the one that we have to look to. He's the only thing that's our anchor and our stay in such a jacked up mess we live in today. He is our hope and stay. Amen? So pray the big things. Pray these things just like this. God, help me. Help me trust you even when I'm suffering. God, help me me look to you even when I don't feel good. Help me stop running away when, when I, I face trouble. You know, teach me, God, to run into your arms, even when I don't always get the answers I'm looking for. God God loves you. He desires you. He, he desires to walk with you in relationship. Can you imagine Adam, you know, when Adam walked in the cool of the evening with God in the garden? What a beautiful thing to just hang out with the power and the presence of God Almighty. That's his desire for for us. That's why he created us. He created us to be in fellowship with him. Trust him. Trust him even in the hard times. Trust him through the hard times. Trust him in the good times. It's often easy to cry out to God when we're struggling. But when life seems to be okay, we forget he's out there. That's that's not what he wants from us. He wants our, our, our presence constantly. This this constant communication line. Now, the Bible says to pray without ceasing. That That's this constant communication. Your mind should be constantly thinking about the things of God. I'm not talking about going around with a hood over your head and humming some dumb thing. I'm, I'm talking about this constant 
level of communication, this, this constant knowledge that God's right here with me. He hasn't forsaken me. He hasn't left me behind. And I can trust that when I need him, he's there. I can trust that when I speak, he's going he's gonna to hear my call. You know, I, I, again, maybe he doesn't answer me the way I want him to, but he's going to answer in his time and in his way. Look for those things. Seek him out while he may be found. Man, we're in a rough time. And it's not getting any better. It's not going to get any better, people. This is, this is a time for, for our faith to shine. This is a time when we're to stand strong and, and to show others we're not afraid of this darkness. We're shining our light every day, every moment that we walk into it. It's, it's why he put it in you. Shine your light. Lead someone towards Christ. How many people have you shared Jesus with this last week? Remember the question I asked a few weeks ago? How, how many people have you shared Jesus with since that time of that, that conversation, since that message? Right? Two or three messages back, four messages back. How many people are you sharing Jesus with on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis, a yearly basis? Ever? Share your faith. This is our time to shine. And, and listen, man, people are hungry for truth. There is no truth to be found in our world system right now. We can't trust the news. We, we can't even trust Google. You, you can't Google truth anymore because it's not there. They're hiding it. Everything's being hidden. But listen, everything that's hidden will be exposed. The truth will come out. And, and God will reign forever. Amen? God bless you guys. Thank you for chiming in with me tonight. Uh, again, a day early. You're, you're a day ahead now. Um, spend some time chewing on this message. Listen to it more than one time. You know, get, get it inside you and understand just what it is to pray the big things. Uh, I'll prepare next week. So we'll have Pray the Big Things 5 next Wednesday night. Again, I should be back uh, maybe maybe Sunday night, maybe Monday with, a, with a, a, either an update or kind of a catch up on the weekend events for me the ministry time that's taking place out there. But in the meantime, share Jesus with someone. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. Thank you for your support. Remember the website, www.livingoutoutdoors.com. Uh, I've been throwing some poems on on the, on the um, podcast, so you can hear me actually read them <laughs> instead of reading them yourself. So I've been doing you know, a few every once in a while. I, I put one on there today, the latest one I've just written. Um, so they're on the podcast. You can find that at Living Loud Outdoors. Um, you know, follow us here on Facebook. Follow us on the website. Stay up with us. Any questions, comments? Would love to hear from you. Uh, thank you for your support, your financial support. It's much needed at this point in the game. I can guarantee you, we have a lot of irons in the fire, a lot of things that we need to accomplish. Um, and right now, we're probably behind. Um, I'm, I haven't missed anything. We're, we're sending funds out as fast as we can, uh, but there's a lot of things we want to do. We've got a big budget this year. Uh, really need to meet that budget. So we'd love for you to partner with us. You know, five bucks, 10 bucks a month even, man, it would help dramatically. Our Simple Give page is there. You can give on our podcast as well. Dump a little in every once in a while. We would certainly appreciate it. Guarantee it's gonna go where it belongs. We love you. We thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you again at the end of this weekend. God bless you, and have a great rest of the week.